Hello, everyone. Welcome into another episode of Kentucky Daily, a daily podcast covering your University of Kentucky Wildcats. I'm Sean Smith, joined by Derek Terry. Derek, Kentucky just continues to find ways, even shorthanded, uh, picked up another quad one victory. We, we talked a lot about the Alabama game over the weekend, how impressive that one's going to be on Selection Sunday. You can throw this one against LSU right up there with that one because uh, I think the committee is going to look at this and say, wow, Kentucky beat two NCAA tournament teams without their starting backcourt. I'm not sure there are another, what, two to three teams in college basketball that could even pull that off, even at home. Yeah, very few. I think uh, it was really uh, a special performance, especially kind of it followed the kind of the similar script to Alabama, although saw a lot more panic and probably rightfully so uh, on Twitter after Kentucky got down double digits, just because of how good LSU's defense is statistically, you're talking about an Alabama team that yes, uh, had a much more efficient three point shooting team, but they never changed how they played. And Kentucky, even though Alabama was hitting a lot of shots, Kentucky kind of kept scoring as well. Well, last night, They go into the locker room with how many points do they have at the half, Sean? 20. They didn't get to 30. It was a season low, I believe, for points that Kentucky scored in the first half. And LSU, a team that doesn't really shoot the three-point ball all that well, was was hitting shots, and that made it a a little bit more uneasy. But I texted you, and I don't know if it was calling my shot, but I just (laughs) – I'm sure I was definitely not the only one. I just felt like once they had a pretty manageable score at halftime – I felt like they were going to come back and get the victory. I did not think they'd get up by 15 in the second half. So that was a really good run again. Similar, um, just just like I said, very similar Alabama. You get down double digits, and then by the time the second half rolls around, you have flipped that into a double-digit lead yourself. So really a, a great win. No matter how ugly it got there at the end, I don't care. You needed to win that game, and they did. So props to those kids for pulling it out. Yeah, and we'll talk about the end and everything there and – uh, kind of what went wrong and why it did go wrong. And honestly, I don't think it's a lot of reason to panic when you're, especially when you're down your top two guards. But the, I think the the story has to start with Bryce Hopkins, Derek, and the the spark that he provided there in the second half. That's why Kentucky won the game. Once that building got going, you saw Jacob Toppin hugging Bryce after every big play. Davion Mintz was there. Kellen Grady, the energy on the bench. Soon as Bryce had that run of his own there and that and one that, that three point play that put him up thirty nine to thirty six, Kentucky just never looked back. Oh, you're right. That's uh, you know, Dante had the first crack at it. He didn't do much with those minutes, and then Bryce gets in there in the second half. And here's the thing about Bryce, man. You know when he gets in the game, he's if he gets the if he gets the rock, man, he's looking to put that thing in the hoop. Uh, yeah. He's not shy about getting his shots up, even though he doesn't play a ton. But that aggression, I think, is what they needed last night. And uh, he was great on the boards. Let's see. He came down with uh, – where's he at? Two offensive rebounds. And I think he scored on both, right? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah and then one was the end one, put him up. I mean, you're right about the, the energy. I mean, I texted you. And that's like just the takeaway for me is the way these guys all rally around each other. I mean, Toppin's hugging them out there. Oscar's hugging them multiple times, too. It wasn't just that one time. I mean, it seemed like every time Bryce did something well, you know, his teammates are, are the people who are happiest for him. If you watch the post game video UK sent out, 
you saw where John Calipari said he's, you know, Bryce took advantage of his opportunity and now Cal's going to be forced to play him. Like I said, after the game at Alabama with Damian, I don't know that, you know, he's necessarily going to become part of this rotation still once they get fully healthy. Maybe so. I think he does some good things that, that will help this team. But at the same time, this is it was a total team effort, I thought. And when you've been down two guards, to have a guy like Bryce, who really the only other time this season that I can remember that he did something like that was against Ohio, for him to step up this late in SEC play, to be able to stay engaged and, and kind of make the most of his moment, I think it says a lot about him, and, and I do think it says a lot about this team as well. Maybe I think, I think it was you I was talking to earlier, and you said that it feels like he could be a guy that maybe could sustain it more. Was it, was it you that said more, that? More so than Damian, for yeah. sure. You know? and, and, yeah, because of that ability to score the ball mm-hmm. like he did last night. He's aggressive, and his body, too, for a freshman, he, he's strong when he's out there, Derek. You, you mm-hmm. saw it on those offensive putbacks and the and ones and John Calipari getting fired up for Bryce. And I, I don't know if Bryce is ever going to be a – with this year, I don't know if he's going to be a 14, 15-minute per game guy but if you need him in a pinch I think Cal has kind of added him to that list with Damian now that and and Cal keeps talking about the depth that Kentucky has and we kept coming back and I know I kept saying well it's not really that deep you're only playing like seven guys when you're at full strength but maybe Cal's idea of depth is Lance Ware can go in and not kill you and Damian can do some things and now Bryce if that's the case then you have 10 or 11 guys that's a good point and uh probably how Cal does see that if I had to guess um you know think of how many guys this year have stepped up when they needed them to the guys who have had what I guess you could categorize as big games relative to maybe what their expectations are Damien had his at Alabama Bryce had his last night Toppin I said numerous games that he's really impacted it but I guess you could say the first LSU game was was one where he played really well. And then basically every single kid in the starting lineup, uh, in the case of Oscar, I mean, it's basically every game. He's doing great things. Keon against Kansas was phenomenal. Uh, Davion has had good games. Ty-Ty against Tennessee the first time. Severe against Tennessee as well. Really everybody (laughs) against Tennessee and Rupp, anyway, all had good games. I mean, this is a deep team. And and Lance is not someone who's going to, I think, ever, no matter how long he stays in college basketball, don't think he's ever going to be much of a stat stuff, a stat stuffer, but he kind of brings an edge, um, whether it's getting under the other team's skin or um, he fights. I mean, we've always said that, right? He's he's a kid who's going to work hard on the glass, and and you know, I think his role is this year. It's tough just because of who he's behind. Oscar's going to play thirty-five minutes if he can, but. More, I guess, than anything, Sean, how they're able to stay engaged despite knowing most nights. You're probably not going to play a huge role, I think, says a lot. Again, you can say it about the kids for sure, but Calipari as well. I think it's one of his great um, abilities as a coach is to, you know, be able to pull that out of guys. And I know I know it can't be easy for Bryce Hopkins to, to be sitting on the bench most of the season, but didn't pout – when he got his chance last night, how, I mean, what do you think he brings in terms of like, this is not a great comparison player to player. I'm not saying this is who he exactly reminds me of, but it felt to me watching him crash the glass. I got like 
2014 instilly tournament louisville yeah. alex poitras vibes I like three guys there. who can like get on the delay you know what i mean yep i knew you were going there and yeah. do you remember me saying i think i said it on this show back in november or not even november when we watched that open practice i said that he seems to to me like they're their smoothest athlete like he's not like gonna blow you away but like the way he moves his body the way that he can kind of get in there and midair finishes and stuff like that Bryce Hopkins a very good athlete then when you just take a look at him you you probably don't think that he can move the way he does but he reminds me a lot of Alex in those same that same mold like Alex could get in there and show his athleticism and stuff and I thought that I thought the exact same thing I knew you were going with that (laughs) when you started talking about it because there were there were three or four plays last night where you knew he was coming down with that rebound. And you had saw – honestly, I think I'd seen that from him a couple of times in recent weeks. He just wasn't able to finish the play. Like, he went in there aggressively against Tennessee when he was in, and then there was another play in a game a week or so ago, I can't remember which game it was, where he tried to fight and come up with a rebound. And I know there was a play against Alabama where he got a deflection and tried to make a play. Like he, to me, it feels like Bryce has been right there, but last night was his breakthrough. It was, and we'll see how he sustains it. I mean, you got a game coming up on Saturday. Yeah, now he's on the scouting report, right? Yep, like you're not going to miss him now. And I mean, this is like your test of of if you can do it, you know, a couple times in a row because you're going to be going into a hostile environment, and we don't know. We don't know about. Tata or severe at this point probably won't know uh is cal talking tomorrow cal yeah cal talks tomorrow they actually just sent sent out the email well we'll see if he offers up anything um i i think it's safe to say to be determined if severe or Tata will play on saturday I, i hope one of them can play at least one it'd be great if both could play but either way you know it's gonna be it's gonna be bryce getting a chance so Let's see what he can do with it. Uh, if he's going to be in there, I mean, he knocked Oscar out of the way for yeah. one of those offensive rebounds. I mean, he was going after it. He, uh, you know, I, I don't know how consistent of a three-point shooter he is, but he's not, he's not afraid to take them for better or worse. <laughs> no. He'll put them up when he's in there. But uh, that, that was definitely, I mean, I, I'm sure the old sports rider in me, that, that's certainly a sidebar, but probably one of the, one of the first things you're writing about from a game like that, when you have a guy come out of nowhere, really, like, like I said, he, against Ohio, you remember Sheboy got into early foul trouble. I think Toppin was still out at that point in time. So they were having to roll with Keon at the five and Bryce at the four. And he came in and did a lot of really good things in that first half before they were able to get kind of a more normal rotation there in the second half. A couple other guys, Sean, I wanted to, wanted to give a shout out to, um, I mean, obviously Oscar, right? 17 and 16. I thought I told you to down the phone when we were chatting. I thought it was one of his best games in, in a number of weeks just because he he was also, uh, you know, Oscar can get in trouble when he gets pulled out away from the rim and has to guard a guard. And that's that's not uncommon. I mean, it's it takes a freakish Willie Cauley-Stein type big who can kind of get switched on to other people and not not really be a weakness for him. So I don't think that's necessarily a knock against Oscar. But he did have three blocks. I thought he did a better job last night protecting the rim than maybe what he had in, in previous games. Yeah, he he did. And uh, he's getting better defensively, especially on the perimeter. You saw it against Alabama some. You saw it last night when he does get switched off. He, he's moving his feet well. Uh, the headband, when, when he pulled the headband out last night, I thought, okay, has Oscar already got some NIL deal with 
with Nike is there something there that that he's done with this headband but and then uh, the comments about LSU talking about how small it was on his head Derek, and it's it's kind of <laughs> taken over Twitter today I know Tyler Thompson's been editing the headband and it's now stretched around Rupp Arena <laughs> like, like, there's always something crazy after every game with Kentucky basketball but like Oscar's headband is now storyline and this team is Twitter account out there. Already. Yeah, there, there's one coming. You've got General Shibway already out there uh, <laughs> tweeting at halftime and before and after every game. But the thing that I come back to with this team, and you and I have talked about it a lot off the air, they're just so likable. And you saw it last night with Bryce's game. As soon as the game was over, Lance Ware, Jacob Toppin, Davion Mintz, Kellen Grady, Tata Washington, the whole team, they go to Twitter to praise who? Bryce Hopkins. Bryce. And we've seen it after Damian's game at Alabama. We saw it after Keon's game at Kansas, Ty Ty's games, Sabir's games, Oscar's games. This team just, they genuinely love one another. And you see it out there on the floor. And I think that's why they're able to fight through what they're fighting through right now. And I'll say this too, come Selection Sunday, and, and let's look back here in about four weeks. And if I'm wrong, I'll admit that I was wrong. But I think four or five weeks from now, we're going to be sitting here talking about and it's going to be no one was prepared for March more than Kentucky was. Just given everything that they've gone through. Have teams played some tougher schedules? Yes. But have these teams gone through what Kentucky's gone through? With playing without guys, playing with guys, injuries on the fly, uh, your entire backcourt out. I just don't think there's a team out there that's more prepared for the NCAA tournament than this Kentucky team right now. Well, what do you think last uh, these last two wins mean in terms of seeding? Well, how do you think the committee is going to view that? Do you, well, how much should it be taken into account or how much will it be taken into account that they were able to beat two NCAA tournament teams without their starting backcourt? Well, like last night, it essentially cancels out what you had happened at Baton Rouge in early SEC play because, to me, the committee looks at things like this. They say, okay, were they at full strength in this game? Uh, how do we evaluate this team at full strength? How do we evaluate them if this guy's out? Did they? How did they play without their best guard? And before this stretch, let's say Kentucky would have just been at full strength, you would only had that evaluation tool of knowing what they, how good they are when they are when they're at full strength. But now you can kind of look at this and say, okay, they were without Tata and Savir in this game again, and they found a way to win. They led it by 15 points at one point. I think you're already seeing it. Lenardi bumped Kentucky ahead of Baylor today on the two-seed line. So, Kentucky's now the highest two-seed in Lenardi's projections. And I think that's fair. Uh, You saw Baylor go to Stillwater. They struggled against Oklahoma State, a team that had already beaten them once. And I know they won that game in overtime. But is that one more impressive than Kentucky being down two guys and beating an Alabama and an LSU, two NCAA tournament teams? It's not. And I think the committee is going to look at that. And I think these two wins right here, if Kentucky closes strong and puts themselves in position to be a one seed, I think the committee will look at these two games more so than they will the win at Kansas just because Kentucky's won games in so many different ways. Alabama shooting a ton of threes. Last night, LSU tried to grind it out. A really good defensive team. Kentucky won with a different style of play. But how about this too, Derek? I thought Will Wade kind of played into Kentucky getting some energy in the second half with his full court pressure. Like, I thought yeah. that that should have been a game where Will Wade just sits in the half court and just says, hey, if you can score on me, set up defensively man-to-man with 30-second shot clock, go for it. Because you didn't have a ton of success doing it in the first half. I thought that he kind of played into Kentucky getting loose and, and doing some good things there in the second half with his pressure. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. See, I thought the same thing as you, but I think D- Dykes on the po- on the when Kentucky was struggling so bad at the end of the game with pressure, he was like, oh, we should have been pressing the entire game. And I could see why you would say that at that point in time whenever you're trying to close out a game and you're not really handling it well. But on the flip side, you're right. Look at the lineup UK was playing. Who is going to get you buckets in the half court if you're doing a good job covering Kellen Grady? Yeah. I mean, you're putting a lot of pressure on other guys to come. And look what happened in the first half. Look and, how poorly they played. And think about this, too. The game naturally slowed down in the final minute to two minutes because Kentucky's not wanting to take shots. Right. And they're wanting to take care of the basketball and get fouled. So the game slowed down. The pace slowed down. If I'd have been LSU, if I'd been Will Wade, I would have pressed on dead ball situations, not on made baskets. I would have waited, like if there was a turnover or a change of possession out of bounds or something on that end of the floor, I would have set my pressure up. Off made baskets, I would just transition back and played in the half court and just said, all right, can you beat me five on five playing in the half court? Uh, but the stuff at the end of the game too, Derek, I thought Keon Brooks grabbed the ball too quickly a couple of times. I thought he was too quick to, to get the ball out of bounds before Kentucky was set. And I get it. Some coaches are like, grab it and get it in. And there was one time Jacob Toppin did and could have got it in, but then just dropped it out of bounds and let Keon go get it. And Keon wanted nothing to do with it after the turnover before. Uh, I just thought that they were too quick with it. But here's the other side of this, too. They probably prepared for that pressure in practice on Tuesday and on Monday, but you can't simulate it when your top two guys are out because then there's nobody really putting pressure on you the way that LSU's best five can. And I just thought it was kind of destined for them to struggle in that area. When they get their two guards back, I think they'll be fine. The adjustment that I would make is not a key on or a top and throwing the ball inbounds. I would put Kellen Grady throwing the ball inbounds and maybe have Savier and Tata being the guys try to get the ball. You wouldn't want to put Savier throwing the ball inbounds because he's so small they put some length right. on it. But I would put one of those guards or a Davion Men, somebody that's good at making decisions, throwing the ball inbounds late in games against pressure because if you do get it in, there's a trap you get it right back to a guard instead of a guy like Keon or someone. Yeah, those are good points. Good points for sure. I also want to say, too, in terms of the overall shot that Kentucky took from the last two games, um, we mentioned it a little bit, but just the whole – I mean, you gave up five threes in the first half yesterday to a team that doesn't really make threes. And they cooled off a little bit. They, they took a lot in the second half uh, – LSU did. They shot 16 threes, only made four of them. Darius Days really, he really struggled after hitting the first few. But I just think knowing, I guess just the overall toughness was probably my takeaway last night. 
just because that was the second straight game where you're you know you're going into it you're gonna have to figure things out without your two guards but more than that i mean things did not go smooth from them at all from the start and yet they found a way to rally together you get guys stepping up uh, against alabama and then last night like we talked about bryce he plays a huge role in the victory but oscar was was great um pretty pretty cool that (laughs) box score numbers you get three guys who score 13 points and Mance, Grady, and, and Hopkins makes that real easy to write. But how about this, Sean? 71 points, and they only hit two threes, Kentucky. Yeah. So yeah. we got a and lot of buckets. Uh, you know, you hit 21 shots from two, and then, you, you know, they got to the free throw line a lot. Shot 32 free throws, made 23 of them. So, you know, they found a way. This is a Kentucky team that I think on the right night, fully healthy, they could hit 10 threes, no problem. We've seen it. I mean, you saw Kellen. I mean, they made, they made nine, right? I think against Alabama, Kellen made almost all of them. But Mints can step in there. You know, Ty Ty can shoot it a little bit, and then uh, you know, you get some other guys here and there who, who who can knock down some threes. But you want to talk about Arkansas? Or you want to save it for another day? We can save it, but I do want to talk about the scenario on Saturday. So Ooh. Kentucky and Arkansas at Bud Walton, Auburn and Tennessee at Thompson Bowling. A lot to play out in the SEC. I think we'll know how it's going to – I don't know if we'll know exactly how everything's going to be seated in Tampa, but I think you could kind of get an idea of whether Kentucky's going to share the title or Auburn's going to win it outright. It's a blockbuster. Yeah. Blockbuster Saturday. What time is uh, Alabama or uh, Auburn and Tennessee? Uh, It's an afternoon game. Let me look here. It would be nice if these are back-to-back. It would be. It is 2 o'clock and then 4 o'clock, so Kentucky goes first. Kentucky at two on – oh, great, a CBS production. Let's go. Yep. I'm uh, I'm fired up about that back-to-back. And and when you look at this, let's say Kentucky goes to Bud Walton and wins and Auburn loses in Knoxville. Then there's a good chance that these two teams share the league title. Auburn would still get the one in Tampa because they would go with the head-to-head when it comes to seeding for the tournament but not for sharing or winning the SEC championship. The Kentucky could move ahead on the one seed line. How about that? Auburn gets the one in, in Tampa, but Kentucky would probably be ahead on one seed projections in the NCAA tournament. Uh, and it'd be a really impressive win. Will they have Tata? Will they have Savir? Uh, Jack asked me this earlier, Derek. What what would you do? Would would you, if they're ninety percent healthy, Tata and Savir, do you play them on Saturday, or you just say, hey, look, it's just another game. Let's just get healthy for the tournament. Or if they could get one of those guys back, it would go a long ways on Saturday. But if they have both of them, I'd, I'd like Kentucky's chances. It, without both of them, it's going to be very difficult, though. Yeah, I mean, if you're telling me they're 90%, I, I wouldn't do it just because a few more days and they'll be to 100. I mean, as much as it would be great to beat those guys on Saturday again, I mean, I mean, 90% is is, I mean, Nobody's 100 this time of year, are they? Uh, I'd say I mean, I'd be tempted. I mean, because it's not like – I mean, you, you could play and make it through a game at 90%. But I, I would just – in general, I mean, at this point, Sean, they're probably not going to fall off a two-line, right? Like, what would have to happen for them to fall off the two? They'd have to lose – The Florida two, two, probably. Two of these final three and then lose yeah. early in the SEC tournament. Like so, like, I think you're – but, I mean, on the flip side, a one seed is still very much in play, right? It is. So, and that's huge. I mean, if you can – don't need to state the obvious. I mean, if you can be a one seed, you want to be a one seed and then still a tournament. Um, to me, the most important true. thing is for them to get Indianapolis for the first weekend. 
yeah, yeah. get close here and have all all comments of easy that's, drive up there. I think to... that's very important. And if they're a one or a two, as long as they're not like the last two seed, like if they're the last two seed, then I think you kind of present an opportunity maybe to get stuck out west somewhere. But not for the first weekend, but for the the regional, I think you could end up playing into something like that, depending on geographical location and and who's ahead of you. I know Purdue's there. You would think Purdue has a really good shot at getting Chicago regional as a two. Uh, you got Kansas as a one. Uh, if Kentucky can go Indianapolis and then Philly or Chicago, then I think Kentucky fans would absolutely love that. Yeah, yeah, that would. Um, yeah, I mean, going back to those guys who are injured. I- did I hear right? I wasn't at the arena last night. You were. Is it true that Ty Ty is no longer wearing a boot? Did you notice? Yeah, he didn't have one on. No. Nope. So that would probably tell you that he's closer, right? I mean. And, and Savir didn't have anything on his wrist. I know he had it taped up. And and we've never – I don't even think Cal has ever officially said it's a wrist injury, have they? Well, the UK Twitter account said it was an upper right arm ext- or right extremity or something. It, okay. Yeah, it didn't specify that it was his wrist. Yeah, but I know that he had he had tape around his wrist on Saturday versus Alabama, and then he was clearly holding that right wrist late in the game at Tennessee. I know Toppin kind of scared me a little bit last night when he went down. I know he was holding his back at Tennessee mm-hmm. last week, and I was like, oh, no, he's, he's landed awkward. This team just got to get to that first game of the NCAA tournament and be 100% across the board. If they do, then, then look out because, I mean, look, you already have roles defined. But you know what's happening now, these last two games, is confidence is building for those other guys. And when you put that with those other two coming back, you've got a recipe that could take you really, really far. Yeah, I mean, it's like you'd almost hope for a Friday installation tournament game, you know? Yeah. But it is nice to be on this podcast, and, I mean, it's been this case for a while. It's not shocking, but, like, there's going to be an installation tournament, <laughs> and Kentucky is going to be in it. Which hasn't been the I mean hasn't been the case since 2019. I mean, it is wild how long it's been. Um, I've not talked into the tournament talk in Kentucky since 2019. How crazy is that? It's wild. I mean, this will be you know our podcast is going to be two years old in uh, August, so we're not crazy far off from being two years old. And we've which we only had one basketball season in that time, and it was it just so happened to be the worst one in program history. But even last year with the tournament, it wasn't. I'm not trying to you know downplay it. Of course, if there was a tournament, you want Kentucky to be in it, but it's still very limited crowds. It just wasn't really the same. Whereas this is going to be how we, what we love, I guess, about March. I mean, I'm getting excited about. Uh, I get to work from home most days, and even if I didn't work from home, even in my office, uh, I would have a TV there. So the conference ch- tournaments, like I used to love. Uh, because I think it would happen sometimes on my – no, not when my spring break. I don't know why I have a memory of this. Maybe I was homesick from school. But you know what the Big East tournament? It would start at, like, noon on Tuesday. Yep. The old school Big East tournament, and it was just, like, basketball all day. Some of the best time of the year in terms of uh, sports is these next few weeks. I mean, you have conference championships, I think, cranking up next week. So, I was talking to you on the phone today. I mean, that SEC tournament, just a tournament. I wish it was in Nashville this year because that would be a madhouse down there. Uh, can't really speak for Tampa. I mean, if there's a basketball game Kentucky's playing, there's going to be fans there for sure. I just don't know what that'll mean for the other fan bases as well. Like, I thought one of the best atmospheres of any game I covered, and there were a lot of good ones, 
that Kentucky Tennessee 2019 SEC tournament yeah. semifinal was electric. One of the all time great crowds that I was. Well, it was always like that anyway. For like anytime UK played, even like the night before against um, they play Alabama. I know they played Alabama. I feel like every single year <laughs> in the first round there for a few years, and even then, like you got the. This is nothing against the people who attend games at Rupp Arena, but uh, it's somewhat fair, I think you would say, in terms of the lower bowl. Like, it's not a very noisy arena. I mean, it can be. That's, like, the thing. It can be. Like, a big game, it's still a great place. But, like, the fans who are there in Nashville, those guys are, and girls, are rowdy. down there. They're looking to have a good time, and that place is loud whenever Kentucky's playing. Well, I told somebody yesterday, well, I was on SEC Mike's podcast, and he was asking me basketball question, and I don't know how many times he's ever done that on his show. <laughs> but he wanted to ask me a couple, and I told him that, you know, the you have Kentucky fans that that's the only game they go to is the SEC tournament. I know two or three families that save their money all year, and this is their vacation with their kids before summer. Like, this is the trip that they take in the spring. Yeah, and and that that happens a lot for Kentucky fans. They they have these tickets. They get them in like a year in advance, and then they they book their hotel and they go down. And they spend the entire week. Tampa will be fun because it's a different location. I expect a lot of Kentucky fans. But you mentioned that game against Tennessee and Nashville a couple of years ago. The thing that stood out was it was a lot of Kentucky fans, but there were a lot of Tennessee fans that year too. I'm interested to see with the league being as good as it is, how many Auburn fans travel, how many Tennessee fans travel. And uh, obviously, being in Florida, do you get a, a large group of Florida fans as well? It's going to be a good week in Tampa. How far is uh, – I would guess Auburn to Tampa probably isn't like a crazy far drive compared to what a lot of schools are going to have. Um, but, yeah, I mean, this would have been a great year. I'd like for it to be in Nashville or Atlanta. I guess uh, – I don't know that you'd really put it in – where was the final? Has the final four been at, in Atlanta yet in that new building? Or I don't think is that where it was supposed to be. Was it supposed to be there the pandemic year? I believe so, right? I think it was supposed to be there at some point. Last year it was in Indy. It's, it's a six hour and 48 minute drive from Auburn to Tampa. Not horrible, but not exactly a short drive either. Um, I mean, it's not to, really close for anybody. I've been to Boise, so Florida. I can tell you it's not too bad. <laughs> it's true when you're comparing a two day drive to a. Uh, half a day drive it's not not too bad but no it will be a fun time um what is it two two weeks from the day uh there'll be games in the sec tournament so i guess maybe next week when we're, there's only maybe one game left we'll have a better idea of uh well this time next week when there's only one game left we'll have a decent idea at least of the scenarios in terms of one where kentucky will be seated most likely and then two, who it is most likely to play. Because that'll be fun, too. I mean, Sean, are there any teams – we'll wrap this up here soon, but are there, are there any teams you would prefer not to see on that Friday? In Nash or in uh, Tampa? In, yeah, in Tampa. I said this like, – Is there any lower – I said, I said yesterday I wouldn't want to see Vandy. Just yeah, because, they're playing football. Just because – and it's not really – I mean, they have Scotty Pippen Jr. who can go off on you, but the thing with me is Vandy always plays Kentucky close, and it's always one of those games that Kentucky has to grind out. Vandy tries to play rough and tough like they did at Rupp Arena. You've beaten a team twice that you've not lost to them in a while. That that feels like the, the team a team that I wouldn't want to play. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's anyone else. I mean, the way the bracket stands right now, isn't there a chance that they could meet LSU? 
in the first. Yeah, I think so. On that Friday, I mean LSU. If Kentucky's got its two guards, I think Kentucky wins by twenty points, Derek. I really do. <laughs> yeah, I don't worry about LSU too much. I'm really surprised. Maybe I shouldn't be. I really thought when they came to our arena, the way they played, I really thought Mississippi State would have a better season. They just got beat by South Carolina last night, uh, or maybe the day before. This week, they lost to South Carolina. Um, Tuesday night. I, yeah, it's probably Tuesday. I just – that team has more talent. They they shouldn't be losing as, as many games as they have. I don't, I don't know they've had some injuries too, but hell, who hasn't this year? Um, yeah, Kentucky has. That is the good thing. They really haven't – like, there's not too many teams on that Friday that I think would – like, Alabama, is, is Alabama a possibility, or are they going to be – ranked higher than because like alabama i mean again though they just hit 14 threes against you and you still won you know <laughs> so like even then i was gonna say like you worry that they might just go off but even then you beat them twice now by almost by double digits both times and even them i just don't really worry about them too much i mean i think to me and this is no shade against arkansas i think arkansas is a solid team but just from what i have watched i know they just beat tennessee I really do feel like Auburn, Kentucky, and Tennessee are the three best teams in the league. And then Arkansas, I mean, again, I give them credit. They're having a really good year. They've only lost like one time in almost, uh, what, six weeks or so. So there, there's respect there for sure. And I'm saying that even if they beat Kentucky on Saturday, they very well could in that building. I just think you put them on a neutral floor. I think those three other teams are better than Arkansas. I think so too, 100%. It's going to be a good tournament, though, uh, from top to bottom. I expect a lot of chaos down there in Tampa, and I expect a lot of chaos the next two weeks, honestly, uh, starting on Saturday. Kentucky, Arkansas, it's a quick turnaround for John Calipari's team, Eric mm-hmm. Musselman. I think Arkansas is calling for a stripe out at Bud Walton Arena. They've been to Auburn. They've been to Thompson Bowling, and I know each time that they, they've been to those locations, we've said, well, it probably doesn't get any crazier than this. Saturday might actually get crazier than that because really, uh, Arkansas, <laughs> that is a place that I was there a couple of years ago, and – when Cal got ejected and it's the loudest I've ever heard in opposing teams arena. And uh, yeah, it, it could get wild, but it's another chance for Kentucky just to show how tough and how resilient they are. And uh, we'll, we'll see if they're at full strength or not. As always, this show is powered by blue wire pods. It's also powered by the butcher's pub. you got three locations, Palmville, Williamsburg and London, Kentucky. You can visit the butcherspub.com or check them out on Facebook. Derek and I will be back to preview Kentucky and Arkansas. And I do promise I will get to a mailbag episode. I know I've had questions in there and DMs, Derek, and then some tweets, but I uh, couldn't get schedule and everything lined up. And I got busy on ye- yesterday and the day before, and I could not record something. But I uh, would like to, to get something up here pretty soon for some mailbag questions and uh, answer all the questions for you all. Until then, he's Derek Terry. I'm Sean Smith. You've been listening to Kentucky Daily. <laughs>